What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Mike. Welcome to episode 36 of the Mike and Dave Podcast. We're going to do something similar to what we did a few weeks ago, and we're going to give you a not short episode, but a, uh, let's say, reduced episode. We are going into our NFL tier list for the 2022 season, and it's going to be a long one. So we're going to remove some bells and whistles here. Yeah. Hey, guys, this is Dave. So no off the top, hot seat, fun fact for this particular episode. Those will be back for the next episode, so you can look forward to that. But for now, sit back and enjoy as we break down all 32 teams, our thoughts on how they're going to finish the season and some various other tidbits and things like that as well. So hope you enjoy and thanks for listening. All right, so we're going to be breaking down our tier list for the 2022 NFL season. This is something that Mike and I have gone through and debated a little bit back and forth and we've decided on the exact order of the teams from 32 all the way to one um, and which tiers each team should be in. As always, we have our five tiers, the no shots, the long shots, the hopefuls, the contenders, and the favorites. So without any further ado, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Mike, who do we have at number 32 and the worst of the no shots? Before we reveal number 32, when we did this last year, we made a joke out of how many times I said quarterback situation. So if you want to make a drinking game with water or some other beverage for how many times that comes up this year, here's your um, your invitation, if you will. Anyway, number 32, we have the Houston Texans. And no, you're not listening to last year's episode. We're just putting them back at the bottom. So this is the same spiel you would have heard last year. Worst roster from bottom to top. I'm looking at their quarterback situation. Davis Mills wasn't bad at the end of last season. I don't know how much we trust that for a full season of starting. I don't really have anyone else of note on this roster. We'll see how Lovey Smith does in his first season back as a head coach in the NFL. I like him. I I just don't know that that's going to turn around this... Uh, what was a bottom five team last year into anything more than that this year. Yeah. A couple of guys interest me. Marlon Mack has had some injury problems, but before that he was a pretty good running back. I'll be interested to see if he can beat out some of these other backs and and show uh, the league what he can do. And of course the rookies, uh, Derek Stingley, I am very intrigued to see what he's going to do this season We'll see if he was worthy of his draft position or not. But yeah, there's not really too much to be said about the Texans. They're going to be really bad again this year. They did not really make any steps to improve. So yeah, I think it's going to be another pretty tough season down there in Houston. Moving on to 31, we've got the New York Jets. Now, we had some interesting picks in this draft. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. I like both of those additions. Zach Wilson, uh, he's a quarterback for the Jets. Like, what more can you say? Uh, struggled last year, as quarterbacks do in New York. 
Robert Sala going into his second year coaching. Makai Becton already injured. Well, Zach Wilson injured too. Zach Wilson also, yeah, thank you. Is Joe Flacco going to start week one? I mean. I mean, when was the last time Joe Flacco, like, meaningfully started anyway? Not that New York is meaningful, but looking at their defense, I mean, they have, like, Quinn and Williams, C.J. Mosley. I just don't. It's New York. You know, there's not much to be excited about. Like, the nightlife is more exciting than the games themselves. So we're going to go ahead and drop New York down at, at second to last on our tier list. Yeah, it's the Jets. I don't think this year is going to be the year where they finally break out, especially in that division where, you know, the Patriots are probably going to be at least competitive. The Dolphins look to be on the rise and the Bills look like one of the best teams in the league. It's just going to be a tough go for the Jets again this season. And sorry, Jets fans. Uh, it's just, it's, it's gotta be tough. I mean, being a Falcons fan is tough, but being a Jets fan has got to be worse. But moving on to number 30, another no shot. We've got the Chicago bears and really, I think with the bears, I got to start with their offensive line or lack thereof. Uh, that's what I say. They have an offensive line. It it is offensive. Uh, Justin Fields is going to be starting the year as their QB one. He saw some playing time last year, got injured, uh, and generally wasn't super effective, but I don't think that's a measure of his talent. I think that's a measure of the talent around him, to be honest. And they really haven't done anything to improve that offensive line is terrible at receiver. They've got Darnell Mooney and not much else. Uh, Tight end, they're hoping Cole Komet can come out and, and have a breakout season at tight end. Robert Quinn is really their their best player. And let's just say I don't really have a whole lot of faith in the coaching staff there. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in the fact that, or I guess in the whole organization because they haven't given Justin Fields anything to work with. Why would you trade up and you know say that Justin Fields is the future and then not give him any support? I mean, we saw even Trevor Lawrence, who we'll talk about in a minute, we saw him, one of the best quarterback prospects we've ever seen, come in and really struggle with the Jags. Why is that? It wasn't because Trevor Lawrence is a bad quarterback. It's because the organization was in chaos and he didn't have enough talent around him. So situations like this, like with the Bears, where they're just not doing anything to try to help this this young quarterback out. I mean, this is how quarterbacks get messed up. You know, you talked about the Jets being, you know, oh well, he's a he's a Jets quarterback. What do you expect? That's been the whole. That's been the Jets' problem for, I mean, ten plus years. It's it's crazy. I mean, what's really crazy is the Bears have had like success, usually on the backs of their defenses, but like what, like all time great quarterbacks have they had? Like when I think of. The Bears' great quarterbacks. I'm like, Jay Cutler? Is that you? <laughs> you know, like every other franchise has a quarterback they can point to. Like, oh, yes, the days of blank. And I don't, I just don't think Bears fans are doing that with any quarterback. Uh, like, hopefully, Justin Fields can grow into that. But like you said, no offensive line. 
he will probably be among the league leaders in sacks taken this year. Uh, this is the first year of that pairing between him and head coach Matt Eberflus. Uh, I'm curious about that one. I do like that they drafted Kyler Gordon, though protect your quarterback. Like I like Kyler Gordon, but I'm sure Justin Fields would have preferred a left tackle. Moving on to a team that we've been saying for years and years and years should draft an offensive line. A team that did. Hey, the New York Giants, who drafted Evan Neal out of Alabama. Finally. My goodness. The big question is, will Evan Neal be the reason Saquon Barkley can have a healthy season? Oh, I was just going to say, I don't think it'll matter. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it matters to fantasy owners, okay? That's true. Uh, Saquon does look healthy now. Can he stay that way? I feel like if he gets injured again, then it's basically going to be, I mean, that might be it for him, which is crazy to say. I mean, he's only 25 years old, but can you believe this is his fifth season in the league? That's that's, that's ridiculous. So, I mean, we've got Saquon. <laughs> of course, we've got to talk about Daniel Jones a little bit. This is his final season. I can't say final season yet because technically like he could resign with the Giants, but more than likely it's going to be his final season as the quarterback of this team. He's got a lot to prove. He's shown flashes, but can he be consistent? And with this wide receiver room, which has a lot of potential, but also seemingly is always injured. I don't really know if he can do that. They did invest in the offensive line a little bit. It should be a little better. Uh, so hopefully that'll help. But overall, I mean, especially defensively too, they did draft Kayvon Thibodeau, which he's going to probably miss the first week of the season at least. Uh, he just got injured in preseason. Leonard Williams is a good player. Overall though, they are still lacking a lot of talent defensively. I don't see how they can compete even in the NFC East. Which is sad to say, you know the nfc least and you're the worst team there but it's got to be somebody now let's move on to a uh, much tougher division than the nfc east which doesn't really narrow it down but we are looking at one of the nfl's tougher divisions here from the nfc west we're going to place the seattle seahawks at 28 this is a team that went seven and ten last year and this is a team that is now without what had been their long-standing franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson. And what he's replaced with is a, wait for it, quarterback situation. A battle between Geno Smith and Drew Locke for the honor of starting at quarterback for this really lackluster team. I, mean, I see players down this roster with potential. Uh... I think it's well known that I am a fan of Kenneth Walker. Uh, he'll be sharing time with Rashad Penny. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, still decent receivers. Went ahead and drafted Charles Cross. I think that's a good move. But this is probably going to be a team looking to draft a quarterback next year. Their defense, virtually like unrecognizable from even like three years ago. Uh, Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams. Otherwise, it's a bunch of guys looking to make a name instead of guys whose names are known. Yeah, and you mentioned Russell Wilson. 
leaving. Well, so did Bobby Wagner. And Bobby Wagner was basically the Russell Wilson equivalent of that defense. He's now with the Rams in that same division. That'll be interesting. Also, it'll be interesting. The Seahawks play the Broncos in week one. Russell Wilson immediately has the revenge game. And I expect that to be a demolition. Now, number 27, you're probably wondering, how have I not heard this team yet? Which I guess you could potentially think about a couple teams. We've we've put the Atlanta Falcons here at 27. I would not be surprised if this was a little high. Also potentially could be a little low. The Falcons do seem to win, <clears throat> as Mike says, just enough games so that they don't get a really good draft pick, but to where it also just won't really matter. Like they'll probably have like three wins and then win like three of their last four games to make it to like six wins and for absolutely no reason. Uh, But yeah, the Falcons, Mariota, that's going to be a really interesting experiment. Will he start the whole season? Will we see Desmond Ritter? Potentially we'll see Desmond Ritter some, but realistically it's Kyle Pitts. It's Drake London who fingers crossed is going to be healthy for week one. Not a whole lot has been said about that knee injury that he suffered in preseason. So I'm, I'm really hoping that he can come out and, uh, and be healthy to start the season. But other than that, there's just not a whole lot to speak of. AJ Terrell at corner had a breakout season last year. I'm looking forward to see if he can repeat that performance. Casey Hayward. I mean, that's a pretty good one, two cornerback duo, which they're going to need to be because we're going to have no pass rush again. (sighs) It's just sad. Every single year since John Abraham left, it's like, well, I think Beasley had that one year, but it's, it's pretty sad on that front. And I don't know if I believe in Arthur Smith either. I'll say that. I mean, it's not like he's given us a ton of reason to believe in him in Atlanta, at least. Yeah. Just to reiterate what you said, the Falcons are at 27, strictly in anticipation of winning a few useless games. Even though I think like looking at their roster, there are teams that we've placed below them that inspire a touch more optimism. The Falcons are here just to get ahead of their useless record boosting. Now, at 26, this is a jump from a few spots from where we put them beginning of last season. We have the Detroit Lions. So I'm looking at the Lions' record from last year, 3-13-1. But I feel like that doesn't do justice to the... Like level of competition that they put into those games, like there's a culture change happening there under Dan Campbell that leads me to believe there will be improvement this year. Remember that it took Justin Tucker's all-time record-breaking field goal at the last second to beat the Ra- or for the Ravens to beat the Lions last year. There were plenty of those like close games that the Lions just didn't have the experience to win. But I I would expect them to uh, take a, a step up this year. Uh, they still have decent pieces. TJ Hawkinson's worth being excited about. Amon Ross St. Brown is worth it being excited about. Jared Goff, while n- not really a franchise quarterback, 
is good enough to get the ball to those pieces. He did, in fact, go to a Super Bowl, albeit on a stacked Rams team in the past. But still, this isn't some, like, second year. This isn't Drew Locke, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't... I think Jared Goff is a shell of what he was at his peak with the Rams. But he's got a much improved wide receiver room. Amon Ross St. Brown really showed his talent last season, especially towards the end of the season. They brought in DJ Chark, who I am intrigued by after he had an injury filled year last year with the Jags offensive line. Isn't actually too bad. And Deandre Swift is explosive. I think that offense has a chance to be fairly good Uh, defensively. You know that they're going to compete we didn't put them up too, too high because I think talent-wise, they still have some deficiencies, but they did a good job in this past draft of putting some talent through the door, and I am very intrigued to see what they're going to look like this season. Now, we've already talked about them a couple times. At number 25, we have Jacksonville Jaguars, and we don't need to go into all of the dysfunction that was there with Urban Meyer last year with the Jags just being a terrible organization. I kind of touched on Trevor Lawrence's struggles before. He's going to be better. His old college buddy, Travis Etienne, is going to be back. I'm excited to see how he does because he was electric in college. Uh, Receiver, they signed Christian Kirk, who, sure, it might be overpaid, but he's still going to be their best receiver now. Offensive line is still a bit of a question mark, but should be a little better. And defensively, they have some talent. But realistically, it's probably just going to be a breath of fresh air with getting Urban Meyer out of there, um, of you know, kind of like a fresh start. So I expect them to be better this season for sure. The only like two notes that I have there, I mean, some talent on defense does include, and before I oversell this, individual players on NFL defenses don't, tend to make the same contribution as like individual players in the NBA, for example, especially their rookie seasons. However, it's worth noting that the Jaguars do have number one overall pick Trayvon Walker. And uh, I think I would be way more dramatic about like celebrating the fact that Urban Meyer is gone. I would liken it to the the miraculous healing of some like degenerative disease, which is now like expunged from the city of Jacksonville and replaced by Doug Peterson under whom Carson Wentz, you know, I feel about him look like an MVP for a year. So maybe he can play that like quarterback whisperer role. Uh, There's okay. If you're a Jaguars fan, First of all, the few, the proud. Uh, second of all, while I will say don't get your hopes up, I will also say there's things that are worth being cautiously optimistic about, if not for this year, then for like years going forward. You're in a better place now than you were like eight months ago. Now, at 24, we have the Carolina Panthers and new quarterback Baker Mayfield. And until he gets injured, Christian McCaffrey. Don't want to jinx him, but he screwed me over last year. So uh, for my fantasy team, but I still won. So just had to throw that in there real quick. 
But yeah, Baker Mayfield named the starter over Sam Darnold. Not not a surprise there. (laughs) We'll see how he does. I mean, last season was pretty bad, but he was playing injured the whole time. I'm very interested to see how he's going to do, especially he's got a very good receiver, DJ Moore, to throw to. And McCaffrey, like you said. And maybe Robbie Anderson can do a little better. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, it it would be hard for him to do worse. I mean, that is true. And then they've still got Brian Burns, one of the up-and-coming edge rushers in the NFL. Maybe not even up-and-coming. I think he's, he's already here, but he still has a chance to get a lot better, in my opinion. So I think Matt Rule is under a decent amount of pressure now. He's... He got hired out of college, hasn't really produced any results. So I think he is under some pressure this year. That'll be interesting to watch if the Panthers, I mean, if if they are not sniffing the playoffs, then he might be gone. Wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Now, he, for now at least, is the Panthers coach. Let's move on to a former Panthers coach, number 23, Ron Rivera's Washington Commanders, who are going to be quarterbacked by, here we go, Carson Wentz. Oh, man. Okay, so last year when we did our tier list, I went in on Carson Wentz. And this season, he ended up passing for, I think, the 19th most yards in the league. He was like 10th in touchdowns. His interceptions weren't that high. He was like 27th in completion percentage, so do with that information what you will. Uh, is he an upgrade over Taylor Heineke? Probably. <laughs> I feel like it'd just be me being a hater to say no, but Taylor Heineke was only like 100 and some yards behind him, and he had a higher completion percentage. So, you know. Now, there are pieces on their defense that I expect to be better than they were last year. Chase Young's going to miss the first like four games with that injury after which he should be better than he was last year. His last year was underwhelming. Uh, Terry McLaurin, if you're looking for a fantasy receiver, that wouldn't be a bad option for you. He's going to see a lot of deep routes from him. And Carson Wentz does have a, a good deep ball. I'll give him that. Yeah. JD McKissick's an interesting one. Almost signed with the bills ended up deciding to come back to Washington. It's an interesting choice. Uh, but hey, maybe he's uh maybe I don't know what Rod Rivera said to him, but uh but yeah. So, he's back. Antonio Gibson has been pretty bad in the preseason. So, I'm very interested to see. They they did draft Brian Robinson out of Alabama. Maybe he could have a bigger role than some people are expecting. And you mentioned Chase Young, that whole defensive line, that is the key to their entire team. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young, those four guys have the chance to absolutely wreck the opposing offense's game plan. They didn't really last year. They more got wrecked. So they've got to be better. Washington, that division, the Cowboys are a clear number one, but Washington, they're going to have some competition with the Eagles as well. So the commanders were the best of our no shots. So we've got 10 different teams in the no shots category where we're saying they have absolutely no shot of winning the Super Bowl this year. 
keep in mind, we did put the Bengals in the no shots last year. So <laughs> there's not a great precedent for this, but you know what? We're doing it again. We're getting better. So, hey, hey, we said there was no shot that the Bengals would win and they didn't. So, I mean, that is also very true. So just to recap the no shots teams, we have the Commanders, the Panthers, the Jags, Lions, Falcons, Seahawks, Giants, Bears, Jets, and Texans. Now we're going to move on to the long shots at number 22, the Cleveland Browns. We don't have enough time to get into the whole Deshaun Watson thing, but point is, he's not going to be playing for the majority of the season now. They're going to be starting Jacoby Brissett. That's a bit of a downgrade in terms of on the field's uh, ability. Quarterback situation? I would say so. Like It's a situation. It is. Uh, wide receiver is pretty tough. I mean, I think they're going to really have to rely on Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt once again to lead that that offense to any sort of success. They've got some defensive pieces. There's no doubt about that. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, two of the premier defensive players in the game. But Kevin Stefanski, he's going to have to pull out a miracle to get them anywhere close to the uh, the AFC North title or even a wild card spot, especially while Watson is suspended. For the last like six games of the season, they will have talent wise one of the best quarterbacks. Yeah. But they have to get to that point first. While they're dealing with those ten games without Watson, they're in the same division as the Bengals, Steelers, and Ravens. So Jacoby Brissett has to like at the very minimum tread water enough for Deshaun Watson to come in and like be a miracle worker a bit. Um, also, Miles Garrett, this is your season to prove if you're worth that 99 Madden rating that we talked about to, uh, on the last episode. They they do crack our long shots because technically everything I just said there is possible. And if you get to the playoffs, you will have Deshaun Watson, who I hate praising, but he's good at football. Uh, whatever. They are still the longest of the long shots, though. Just above them at 21, we have the New Orleans Saints. Boo. Yeah. Maybe this. some people would say this is a little bit low. I don't care. This is our tier list. Make your own if you disagree. Obviously, they've got a lot of very talented players that have been there for quite some time now. Cam Jordan, Alvin Kamara, where I'm still not sure what his status is after his arrest in the summer. I haven't really heard anything about it, so I'm curious how that all shakes out. The return of Jameis Winston. Is he going to be any good? <laughs> Who knows? I feel like that man is the biggest, like has the biggest swing of any quarterback as far as like, he could look like one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL one series. And then the next series look absolutely lost. It's not even game to game. It's literally like series to series or even play by play. So I have absolutely no idea what to expect from him. Michael Thomas injured again. Like we said, Kamara, there are question marks surrounding him and he didn't have as good of a year last year as he's had in the past. Defensively, they're still going to be pretty good. Marshawn Lattimore, who I hate praising, is still a, pr a pretty good corner. Demario Davis, 
amazing linebacker. So they've definitely got some pieces there, but I don't think that they have enough to contend, especially Sean Payton is gone, which we haven't seen this, the saints without Sean Payton in many, many years. I have really no idea what to expect from them this season, but I don't think it's going to be the playoffs, but they still have enough talent to where we can say they're a long shot. So interesting development. Um, So one of the main prosecutors against Alvin Kamara is actually going to be the same lawyer that represented Deshaun Watson's accusers. So we saw Deshaun Watson get that 11 game suspension. And so it's reasonable to assume that at the very least Alvin Kamara will get a decent suspension. I mean, who knows what the NFL and their uh, disciplinary standards or lack thereof. But that is an interesting development, I think. But otherwise, yeah, to everything you said, who knows what version of Jameis this will be or what kind of Jameis this will be. And who really knows what the Saints will look like without Sean Payton, but it is a talented roster. And at the end of the day, we do have to give respect there. Kind of the opposite end of that. At number 20, we have a team that has maintained their coach for another year, a longtime great coach in Mike Tomlin. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers. We were talking about the Steelers before we started recording. We were talking about, like, well, at the end of the day, it's Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin does not have losing seasons. It doesn't seem to matter what roster you put around him. He just does not have a losing season. He has not had one. That's true. But I think this season might be the season where that happens. A lot of their players are getting a bit older or have retired like Big Ben. TJ Watt coming off of one of the great pass rushing performances of all time last season. Offensively, they've got a lot of question marks. I mean, Mitch Trubisky at quarterback? I don't I don't really know about that one. Najee Harris did pretty well. I mean, they absolutely fed him the ball like he hadn't eaten in weeks. And yet the offensive line was trash and it is still trash. I feel like this is one of the the position groups that no one talks about that is absolutely atrocious. And it's the Steelers offensive line, which used to be one of the premier offensive lines season in season out in the NFL. Now it's basically unrecognizable and I just don't know. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to have to use his legs a lot and they're going to have to try to run the ball and play action. But even then, I just, I don't know. It's, I don't have a lot of faith in their offense this year. Defensively, they're still probably going to be pretty good because I mean, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, but, and Mika Fitzpatrick, but still, I just think this is the season might be the season where Mike Tomlin doesn't, doesn't have that winning season and the Steelers miss the playoffs, but they still got to be a long shot. I mean, they still have a lot of talent and I think 20 might be a little low, but somebody's got to be there. True. And at 20, you are still bottom half of the league. Now I feel like as far as their offense is concerned, it's like aside from their quarterback, there are players that are worth considering fantasy wise, but I don't know that'll translate to like, a super successful NFL season. Like Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, Chase Claypool even. I'm interested to see the George Pickens situation. I don't, I don't know how that'll go. Pat Fryermuth. Um, 
actually had a pretty decent season last year as a rookie tight end as I mean, he wasn't Kyle Pitts, but <laughs> true. And then of course that defense, that's going to get sacks. It's going to get, that's going to create turnovers, you know, and Chris Boswell. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, looking at their schedule, they are in a good division. They do have some very like easily winnable games, like the Falcons, the Jets, you know, some cakewalks, but my preseason pick for them would be to sit around eight, eight and one, <laughs> but that does not a Super Bowl winning team make. And they face Atlanta in week 13. So that'll be their sixth to last game in the se- of the season. So that's actually around the time that Atlanta starts to want to show up. So who knows? Maybe that's not the most winnable. Drake London is going to have 240 yards and three touchdowns. You know, I hope so. That'll help my bold <laughs> prediction. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the, uh, the our next team is in a similar situation. Longtime head coach, young quarterback, who albeit is a lot better than Mitch Trubisky. Question marks on offense, good defense. It's the New, it's the New England Patriots. They're, they'll probably find a way to make the playoffs again this year, but I do not love their roster. I'll be honest. I think it's really weird how they've managed their coaches and the fact that they don't have any offensive coaches really in in the building. And they're, I don't know why Bill Belichick loves Matt Patricia so much. <laughs> I really have no clue, but uh, yeah, I don't expect the Patriots to be great. I expect them to be average and to probably win a little bit more than you might think based on their roster. But still, I don't really see a playoff team, especially with that division with the Dolphins and the Bills being, I think, better, uh, at least on paper. So uh, the Patriots could actually end up third in the division this year. Yeah, they did go 10-7 and seven last year with a rookie Mac Jones. This season, they're adding Devontae Parker to that. But, I mean, the the long and short of it is what you said. Through coaching alone, and that's Belichick coaching, not their assist, their weird assistant coaching situation. <laughs> coaching situation. Uh, through head coaching alone, they're going to find a way to win a lot of games that others would have guessed unwinnable. They are going to smack the Jets around twice. You know, uh, They'll pick up the wins that they're supposed to win and some that they're not, which will probably bring them around the playoffs, if not into them, where they will probably fizzle out immediately. Like, you know, don't don't be surprised to see a repeat of last year in the sense that we get a uh, a playoff appearance, but a first round exit for the New England Patriots. Now at number eighteen, the top team in our long shot. So the shortest long shot? Question mark. This is one of the more interesting teams that we talked a decent amount about. This is the Miami Dolphins. This is a team that, well, let's just start with Tyreek Hill leaving Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes to join Tua Tungavailoa in Miami. Uh, on the one hand, that that's a quarterback downgrade for you, man. On the other 
that is a weapon upgrade for Tua. It's one of those situations that's like whose um production is sort of the alpha in that like situation, if that makes sense. Is it like like Tyreek will bring Tua up, Tua will bring Tyreek down, and we'll see where that mean ends up being in terms of their production. This is a team that just had a good offseason. And, you know, they'll have second-year Jalen Waddle to add to that. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, that's a lot of speed to have in your receiver room. Mike Gesicki coming off a good season. Even Cedric Wilson had a pretty good year for the Cowboys last year. Kind of came out of nowhere. Running back, I mean, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin. Like these are all guys who have a pedigree of success in the league. I'm curious to see how that's all going to shake out. <laughs> Avoid that for fantasy if you can. Um, <laughs> and you know what? Even if Tua struggles, you've got Teddy Bridgewater, who is who can still win you games, uh, or at least not lose you games. That might be a better way of phrasing it, but I certainly like him. I mean, Teron Armstead, what a huge addition that is, literally. Uh, but for the offensive line, that's one of the reasons why the Dolphins never really threw the ball downfield last year is because they didn't have time to do so. Adding Teron Armstead to that mix another year for some of these guys to gel, I think will be very important. And who knows? I mean... Tua, I feel like this is a make or break year. They signed Tyreek Hill. You've got a couple of good receivers. They got you your left tackle. This is your time to shine and show everyone that you were worthy of your draft position. You were, you are that same guy that you were in college. And defensively, they've got playmakers. I mean, Christian Wilkins is a solid guy at, at D tackle. And of course, you've got to talk about, uh, X Xavier Howard, one of the premier corners in the league, who I'm a big fan of. Javon Holland also had a really good season last year at safety. We put them in the long shots because I don't think that they're at the point where we could call them a hopeful. I think they're still pretty far off. Some of the the teams, especially in like the contenders and the favorites categories, they're not nearly as complete of a roster, but they have made a really good start in adding to the pieces that they have, starting to draft well. I'm very intrigued to see what the Dolphins are going to do this year. This is one of my teams where I am going to be following them very closely and very curious to see uh, where they end up in the standings at the end of the year. This team is one of those teams on Arturos that has a ton of flexibility or variability in terms of where they end up when we look back at this. This is a team that could reasonably end up being like top 10. They could also end up being bottom 10. We put them in the middle. I feel like that's safe. We'll see if that ends up being right at the end of the season. Now let's get to the bottom team and our hopefuls. So we're moving up a tier. And I want you to talk about this team more than I do because this is way more your team than it is mine. But what I'll, what I'll say about the Minnesota Vikings is that you have good pieces. You know, there there is talent there. Justin Jefferson, we've seen the two seasons that he's had in the NFL. Incredible. We know about Dalvin, assuming he plays, right? Which, yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen, still great. Daniil Hunter, if he plays, beast. 
Love the addition of Zadarius Smith. Harrison Smith, still great. Also, Zadarius Smith will need to stay healthy as well. But there is talent there. But I don't know, man. How, what do you think with this Vikings team? Well, first of all, you said, I'll let you talk about it more than me. And then you just mentioned all of their good players. So uh, <laughs> that was... Well, that's the casual Yeah, I mean, that, that that's true. <laughs> So Kirk Cousins, I think, has the ability to lead the team. I'm very interested to see with the departure of Mike Zimmer, uh, what Kevin McConnell is going to do. I think if if all of their guys stay healthy, they could exceed this and they definitely make the playoffs and be dangerous in the playoffs. But it really just depends on health. They've had a lot of issues with keeping their players healthy and that's it's essential because they do not have the depth necessarily that some other teams have, but their big pieces are very, very good. In my opinion, I am, I'm hopeful about this season. I think that the bottom of the hopefuls is probably realistic. And I think they are, yeah, they are the best of the bottom half of the league is where we put them at 17. So we'll see. Andrew Booth, corner out of Clemson, he needs to step up and be really good right away because Pat Pete is not quite the same. Cameron Dantzler really isn't getting it done. Andrew Booth has got to step in and, and play a role immediately at 21 years old. He's got to be pretty good for him because that pass defense needs some work. But <laughs> offensively, I think when you talk about Dalvin... Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, that's a really solid three that can win you games. Moving on to number 16, Philadelphia Eagles. Similar to his college teammate, Tua Tagovailoa, this is a make-or-break season for Jalen Hurts. He's got to continue to show improvement throwing the football. They signed A.J. Brown. That should help with him and Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard, I think that he's got some decent options to pass to. Jason Kelsey coming back was huge. I think if Jason Kelsey didn't come back, I would have probably knocked them down below, or I would have conferred with Mike to knock them down below the Vikings, maybe even like the Dolphins. Uh, but that was huge for them leadership-wise, obviously with the center being so important. Uh, their offensive line is still amazing. Running back, they've got to be better there. And then defensively, they've still got a really solid defense and got a lot of pieces. Darius Slay is a baller. Your guy, Brandon Graham. Uh, Fletcher Cox is getting a little bit older, but also Javon Hargrave just had this random, amazing season last year, which is interesting too. But they've got a lot of pieces. I think that they can compete in the NFC East, maybe challenge the Cowboys if everything goes well and Jalen Hurts balls out. And Mike, I know that you're a big fan of his. What do you think he's going to look like this season? Jalen Hurts is the type of player that makes me feel like there's a chance to win games, but I wouldn't bet money on him having great statistical seasons. It's weird. Like, I'm trying to think of a uh, a comparable quarterback to that. But I feel like, first of all, I agree with what you said said about Jason Kelsey. You would not have had much push pushback from me about knocking him down a few pegs 
in his absence. I think that Jalen Hurts being able to like line up behind him for another year and have that protection on the right from Lane Johnson uh, is going to be huge for him. Adding that weapon in A.J. Brown, I feel like we're looking at an Eagles team that snuck into the playoffs at 9-8 and eight last year, and I don't see a reason that they shouldn't improve upon that. I mean, if you're keeping track of the NFC least uh, so far, the only team left is the Cowboys, who I will say we don't have super, super high, but if you're long time if you're longtime listeners of the show, you shouldn't have expected us to. I don't see why the Eagles couldn't take this division. I don't see why they couldn't win 10, 11 games. Uh, we have a, uh, a leader in Jalen Hurts. We have threats in the receiver room. Brandon Graham going to be coming back from injury. Fletcher Cox came out and said the other day that this is the best that Brandon Graham has looked in years. You combine Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham with Josh Sweat, that's a good defensive line. You mentioned Darius Slay. Uh, they have good safeties as well. Not to forget, they drafted Jordan Davis. Very intrigued to see what he's going to be like in the NFL. And Nicobe Dean. So you got those Bulldog teammates coming in. They're going to supplant uh, and at least at the very least provide depth for this team defensively where there's not going to be a whole lot of drop-off when they come into the game. So... Yeah, I mean, I think they've got a lot of depth on the on the defensive end. That's really going to be helpful. Looking at their depth chart, I feel like there's not that many major question marks. I have somewhat of a reservation about their offensive guards. Otherwise, there's not a bunch of like gaping holes. You know, we have the Eagles at 16, which is like basically middle of the pack as it as it gets. But I would not be surprised to see this as a double digit win team. So at 15, we have the Arizona Cardinals. And what we saw from them last year, like we usually see from their coach, is a good start and a bad finish. They start the season off giving you a bunch of reasons to be optimistic. Oh, this is going to be the year that, like, you know, they take off Kyler Murray, you know, uh, looking fantastic, all this. And then eventually it hits a wall. And then everything just suddenly regresses back to ordinary. And and I think an ordinary Cardinals is like 15. Like that feels like the right kind of spot where there will be weeks, especially in the first half of the season, where they look way better than this. And some of you might comment on Facebook at us and be like, oh, you guys were wrong to put the Cardinals at 15. Give it time. I, I trust this. Well, they're also going to be dealing with DeAndre Hopkins being suspended, which <laughs> that's just very disappointing. Uh, they added Marquise Brown. He's a perfect fit in that offense. Reuniting with Kyler Murray, that should be very interesting. Tight end, I think they've got one of the better tight end rooms in the NFL with Zach Ertz and Trey McBride, rookie out of Colorado State. Defensively, though, it's tough. I mean, J.J. Watt, who just, he's, he's injury prone. He's not what he used to be. I feel like that's safe to say. The rest of their defensive lineup is not inspiring except for Buda Baker. Um, corner, they really struggled last year. Isaiah Simmons has continued to improve, but still quite, isn't quite the player that I was hoping he would be when he came into the league. Zayvon Collins hasn't really done that much either. Their first round draft choice. So 
I think offensively they have a chance to blow some teams away, but defensively it's it's going to be pretty tough. It's a very imbalanced roster, I think, and you can only paper over that so much with a guy like Buda Baker, who is very, very good, but he's not going to make a, a huge difference in the grand scheme of things. So I think that's where we, why we've got the Cardinals here at number 15. All of this being said, and we didn't even mention that they share a division with the Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. Yeah, that's a gauntlet too. Now, number 14, the the best of the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys. So we only put them a couple spots ahead of the Eagles, but they do have a pretty talented roster. Dak Prescott coming back fully healthy. We'll see what he can do if he is actually the sixth best quarterback, like Madden says. Spoiler alert, he's not going to be. But um, but yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, it'll be interesting. Wide receiver isn't going to be nearly as deep as it has been in the past. CeeDee Lamb's still there. He's still very good. Gallup is a question mark. He's going to miss the beginning of the season, and he, he seems to be injured a decent amount of the time anyway. Ezekiel Elliott, He's just not the same as he used to be. He doesn't have that same burst. We might see Tony Pollard take over, but they're just paying Ezekiel Elliott so much money. They might just play him anyway. Dalton Schultz had a pretty good season. I think he's one of the more underrated tight ends in the league. I expect him to be pretty good, as well as that offensive line continued to improve over time. And then defensively, honestly, I'm expecting them to be worse than they were last year. I think defensively, they... Like under Dan Quinn, they managed to uh, force a lot of turnovers. The addition of Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs was absolutely incredible for them. They've added Anthony Barr. They still have Demarcus Lawrence. I just think that they're going to regress back to the mean. They're not going to be able to force as many turnovers. Trayvon Diggs is not getting double-digit interceptions again. And, And I love Micah Parsons. Don't get me wrong. I think he's an amazing player, but I just don't think the Cowboys defense is going to be as good. And the offense isn't quite as deep as it's been. So I think everyone is thinking the Cowboys are going to run away with the division. They may not. We have the Eagles and the Cowboys pretty close. We do have the Cowboys slightly on top, but I I don't know. I don't think the, I don't think that Dallas is really going to be that juggernaut that some people think they might be. I think Dallas, like most years, is going to put together a decent season. And like by default, we have them at the top of the NFC East. That doesn't really mean that much to me in terms of their Super Bowl aspirations. Hopeful seems accurate if they make the playoffs, you know, which they should. But yeah, I like you said about their defense, it should regress. I can't imagine that it it stays like it was. Dan Quinn is not known for his consistency. <laughs> All right. At number 13, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, quarterbacked by Derek Carr. Still have Hunter Renfro. We still have Josh Jacobs there, but the big one here is the addition of Devontae Adams. Uh, Aaron Roger crying somewhere about it. Uh, Derek Carr saying, like crying tears of joy to be reunited with his college teammate. And the big question is how do how well do they go together in the NFL in that division? 
that includes the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. Holy cow. I mean, you call the NFC West a gauntlet. AFC West. The, both West divisions. Come on, man. That ain't right. But it's a tough division. It's a talented team. It is. Max Crosby and Chandler Jones at defensive end. They're going to be a wrecking crew for sure. I mean, the offensive line, I think, is what lets them down, especially in a division where you've got the Rams with Aaron Donald. That's it's just it's going to be tough for them to compete. I think offensively, the the addition of Devonte Adams just is a game changer for both for Derek Carr and just for that offense in general. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. I mean, this offense once they get clicking is going to be scary, but. I think they they are a tick below a couple of the other teams in their division that uh, have continued to improve over time. Moving on to number 12, Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry is going to be back. That's obviously huge for them. He is the engine that makes everything go for that team. Mike Vrabel, I am a fan of him as, as their head coach. I think that he's going to have them ready to play. But... I don't know. I think that in that division, I think the Colts are going to be a little bit better. I know the Titans have continued to be a pretty consistent, solid team in the league. I would expect them to make the playoffs again. I think the Colts are going to be a little bit better and are going to be able to take that division from the Titans. Well, I do expect the Colts to be a better team than the Titans this year. I think it's important to remember that the Titans were a 12-5 and team last year, and that's with Derrick Henry only playing eight games. So a season with a healthy Derrick Henry like, should make up for the loss of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, in case anyone cares. <laughs> I don't think he made it worth caring about last year, but whatever. Now, shifting gears to a te- another team with a strong run game, We've got the Baltimore Ravens, led by former league MVP Lamar Jackson. The Ravens were looking good last season until Lamar Jackson got hurt. Uh, He missed uh, five games towards the end of the season last year, and they just kind of fell apart at that point, ended up finishing eight and nine. But this is a team that we know is going to have success on the ground between Lamar Jackson, realistically, any running back that they put in. Uh, They're going to lead off with J.K. Dobbins, more than likely. Uh, Their defense was an anomaly among Ravens' defensive reputation. right? Uh, They were among the worst in the league last year, and this is a team that's consistently known for being among the best defenses in the league for the last, like, 25 years. Uh, We are, like betting here on the Ravens taking a big step forward, but I think the beginning of last season gives us reason to assume that they will. I definitely advocated for this, for the Ravens to be a little bit higher. One thing you didn't mention, their offensive line, getting Ronnie Stanley back will be huge. Uh, Right now it's not known if he's going to play week one, but the expectation is he's going to join the team. If not week one, then in the next couple weeks. Tyler Linderbaum, they drafted. I'm excited about his potential. And then, like you said, uh, defensively, they're going to be better. They have way too much talent to not be. And you already know special teams 
Justin Tucker sometimes will just wins them the game on his own. The the main question mark here is at receiver where they lost Marquise Brown. Rashad Bateman's got to step up into that number one role. We'll see if he's ready for it. But Mark Andrews had, it was Travis Kelsey, and then it was Mark Andrews last season at tight end in the league. He was absolutely incredible. I expect that to continue and Lamar to continue to look to him in the red zone and on third down. But the Ravens, I I think that they're one of the better organizations in the league. I think that they're going to, they're not going to be as injured as they were last year. They suffered so many injuries. <laughs> Marlon Humphrey's going to be back, which is huge for them, creating turnovers. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the Ravens are going to be better this season. Now, moving to the top 10, we've got two more hopefuls, and then we're going to move on to the contenders and the favorites. So number 10, we've got the San Francisco 49ers. And we saw what the 49ers could do in the playoffs in the past couple seasons. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best coaches in the NFL, especially offensively. He's unbelievable. And I am very excited about Trey Lance. I think the fact that we have the 49ers at number 10 shows exactly how excited we are about him and the potential. I am tired. I I guess I was tired of seeing Jimmy Garoppolo starting for them. Just please no more. I think what you said about the Ravens at running back applies maybe even more so to the 49ers. I mean, Elijah Mitchell is questionable to start the season it really doesn't matter which running back they use they always are so so good because they've got a very good offensive line and then they've got george kittle and kyle Juszczyk, who are just basically like two more offensive linemen blocking that's how good they are debo amazing season last year as a dual threat signed that extension brandon Ayuk has a lot of potential to be that number two option and then defensively one of the best linebackers in the league in Fred Warner, a couple of game changers in Nick Bosa and Jimmy Ward, and they always compete. Robbie Gold has been their kicker for the past few seasons and has been money. Uh, so honestly, like I, I really like the look of this 49ers team. I think they have a chance to be very, very special as long as Trey Lance comes in and lives up to his potential the questionable status next to elijah mitchell doesn't scare me at all i feel like if you're listening to this podcast you could take the running back from your local high school and put him on the san francisco 49ers he'll rush for at least 85 yards in his first game but the 49ers just breed success for running backs it's a fact of life at this point like you said it's just the quarter quarterback situation uh it's it's not as risky of one or mm, I don't know if risky is the right word there. Um, Usually when I say quarterback situation, it's a little more like negative, right? But I think this qualifies as quarterback situation, given it's our only question mark about this team. And it's entirely possible that Trey Lance comes in and is not ready for prime time. It's also possible that he is, and if he is, wow, this team is going to be scary. And if he's not, Jimmy G is still there, and they've still managed to make the playoffs and find some success with him at quarterback. So 
they've got a good insurance option there too. Yeah, they were 10 and 7 last year. But again, good luck in that division. Speaking of teams in tough divisions, let's go to a, another team that will be looking at a new quarterback. <laughs> One of, if not the most interesting teams going into this season. The Denver Broncos at number nine, the top of our hopefuls, now led by longtime Seahawk Russell Wilson. Holy cow, this is going to get interesting. Yes, it is. We've got one of my favorite players to watch at running back, Javante Williams. I already mentioned, why did they bring back Melvin <laughs> Gordon? It's so freaking annoying, but whatever. Unfortunately, they lost Tim Patrick uh, in the preseason for this for the season. So that was a big blow for them, but Cortland Sutton's back, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler's back. So wide receiver, they've got a lot of talent there. Uh, Offensive line continues to get better and defensively, they're going to be better than they were last year. I mean, uh, their secondary with Pat Sertan, Ronald Darby, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons. That is a very good uh, back end of your defense. Bradley Chubb, I think, is going to have uh, a return to form this season, and they signed Randy Gregory away from the uh, the Cowboys. That's going to provide some um, some much needed pass rush too. So I think the Broncos they have the pieces to be a very very good team and to compete for that division. It really comes down to can Russell Wilson do it outside of Seattle? Can he can he pull a Tom Brady? And win the Super Bowl in his first season, or can he pull a Peyton Manning? That's probably even a better example. Um, <laughs> we've seen it before. Of course, that was. Um, it's it's a little bit different, but but still, the the <laughs> yeah, I mean the Broncos could could really rise all the way to the top, or it might take a little while for them to to gel. We don't really know, but we felt comfortable enough with the rest of their roster and with what we know about Russell Wilson to put them at number nine in our top 10 and at the top of our hopefuls. Yeah. Now at the bottom of our contenders. So we're moving on up here with a uh, number eight. So if you're great at math, that means we have a quarter of the teams in the league as either contenders or favorites, which I feel like is fair. Interestingly, I feel like some of our comments about this team are going to be similar in nature to what we just said about the Broncos. We've got the Indianapolis Colts, where the main difference from last year to this year is new quarterback. The Colts replaced Carson Wentz with Matt Ryan. Now, obviously, we're Falcons fans here on the Mike and Dave podcast, and if you've been listening to us for a while, you've probably heard us say plenty of things about Matt Ryan. But one thing you've probably heard a lot I know I've said this plenty of times, is that Matt Ryan is no longer a quarterback that can like overcome a plethora of issues on your team. But in the right situation, Matt Ryan is probably a quarterback that could still get stuff done. Well, unlike in Atlanta, I present to you Matt Ryan with a good situation. It's similar to Denver where we have a bunch of pieces lined up to create a good team. And then they fill that in with a veteran quarterback that has like done good things in his past. Uh, Matt Ryan, might I remind you is a former MVP and a super bowl runner up. 
But we also just saw a historically great season from Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman is nothing to sneeze at. This is still one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. Defense. They still have DeForest Buckner. Um, they, they still have um, Kenny Moore, and they're adding Stephon Gilmore to that. This team, everywhere you look, has good pieces there. And I don't care who you are. If you're going to tell me that Matt Ryan is not an upgrade over Carson Wentz, at me. Yeah, Speaking of the defense, you didn't even mention Yannick Ngakwe or Darius, now Shaquille Leonard, who will, both of whom are game-changing players. I think their de- their defense is going to be absolutely insane. Matt Ryan, with a good offensive line, to give him some time where he can actually use his strengths, look down the field, make the right read, put everybody in a position to succeed, he doesn't have to worry about getting sacked immediately because that's what he had to deal with with the Falcons. So, yeah, I think the Colts, this one could be could end up being high, but I think they have a lot of potential because they are a very well-balanced team across the board. This could be their year to finally break through uh, and become a threat in the playoffs, which... Last year, they should have made the playoffs, and then they choked the last two games to crappy teams. So I think they learned from that, too, and they're going to be hungry and ready for this year to to really make a difference and make the playoffs and show who they really are. Now, a team who showed who they really were last year and proved us wrong, Cincinnati Bengals. We have a number seven. What What a season they had last year. They bring basically everyone back who made it possible for them to make the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow showed that he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league already. Jamar Chase, ditto but for wide receiver. T. Higgins is an amazing number too. Um, And then defensively, Jesse Bates finally showed up and signed his franchise tender, so he is going to be playing for them. Uh, Trey Hendrickson ended up being a very good free agent signing for them was very influential last year. And then running back Joe Mixon had a very good season last year. I think he's key to what they do on offense, creating that balance between the pass and the run and also being a threat uh, to catch the ball as well. He's one to target in in fantasy. I'm sure you already knew that, but uh, I think he's, he's in store for big things this year. So really like everywhere you look, I think the Bengals have what it takes to make the playoffs again. I don't know about the Super Bowl necessarily, but I think they showed that they're here to stay and they've got a lot of young players who are on the ascendancy for sure. When we reviewed our tier list from last year, one of the metrics that we looked at was their regular season record slash where they ended up drafting in order to sort of qualify like where they ended up on the tier list. And so if you're looking at the Bengals at seven going, wasn't that pretty low for a team that just went to the Super Bowl? I will remind you that they did go 10 and seven, which isn't like world shattering. Uh, so this wasn't a team that, like, even though we remember like how good Joe Burrow was, how good Jamar Chase was, how good Joe Mixon was, this wasn't a team that was like taking a shit on like everyone that crossed their path. Like 10 and seven does seem like a reasonable expectation for this team. 
which would put them around like seven on our tier list. Uh, and Super Bowl contender if they go to the Super Bowl, which we've kind of said that they probably won't. But if they go, I think Super Bowl contender ends up being the right tier, obviously. So seven seems comfortable for this Bengals team. Now at number six, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs, who, although they no longer have Tyreek Hill, they do still have Pat Mahomes. They do still have Travis Kelsey. They are also going to be playing without Tyron Matthew for the first time in a while. But this is still a team with a uh, a game-changer at quarterback. Yeah, and they brought in some interesting names to replace Tyreek Hill. Juju Smith-Schuster, can he return to the form that he showed when he had that one good season with the Steelers? Like, few years ago. Um, Marcus Valdez-Gantling, can he not drop the perfect pass, deep passes that Mahomes throws to him? Because he did that for Aaron Rodgers. Um, so we'll see about him. Mecole Hardman, can he actually become the new Tyreek Hill? Or will he still be like Tyreek Hill, but not even like diet, like whatever the zero sugar one is. <laughs> yeah. Power, right? like- <laughs> Like, if you squint really hard, you can see it, but barely. Um, if you close one eye and then yeah, exactly. close the other. Uh, offensive line is still going to be pretty good. Uh, I mean, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith at center and right guard, they absolutely balled out kind of out of nowhere last year as rookies. Unbelievable from them and great drafting from the Chiefs to replace those guys. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they've got a... Chris Jones has got to keep going where he left off. Frank Clark has got to be better for them. Trent McDuffie, as a rookie, is coming in. He's got to be excellent for them at corner because otherwise they are pretty thin there. If you're keeping track at home, you might realize that we do not have the Chiefs winning their division, according to this tier list. So, And I think a big part of that is questions around their defense. Losing a guy like Tyreek Hill in not having that um that run game to really complement their passing game because Clyde Edwards Hilaire still not really getting it done. So it, it is gonna be an interesting season from to see from the Chiefs perspective since they did lose a couple of their really big name high impact players. But we have a different team winning the division and we do have it very close at number five. We have the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, this was a kind of a toss-up when we were making this list. We ended up going with the Chargers because we think that this is the Chargers' time. Uh, they have kind of been knocking on the door for a, a while. They've done a really good job of drafting. I mean, a really good job of drafting. They're getting comfortable under Brands Daily. They take risks. I like that. I mean, that, that game where we've talked about plenty of times... Chargers versus the Raiders. Justin Herbert continuing to convert fourth and long every single like on that on that final drive was just ridiculous. I am am a huge Justin Herbert fan. I think he's amazing. Same for Austin Eckler, another guy for fantasy. I'm going to be looking at. Um, and then just across the board on defense, they really struggled last year defending the run. It's been well documented. They brought in Sebastian Joseph Day to help with that. Joey Bosa is still a menace 
And of course, they bring in Khalil Mack, because why not? Not only that, but J.C. Jackson, who's been one of the best corners in the league for the past few seasons, they brought him in. Healthy Derwin James is a beast. I mean, they've got playmakers both on defense and offense. Mike Williams finally breaking out after what seems like forever. Uh, he finally was able to capitalize on his potential. And Rayshon Slater, amazing left tackle for them. Corey Lindsley, amazing center, one of the best centers in the league who doesn't get talked about. So really up and down the roster, they've got a lot of pieces and eventually it's got to come together, right? I feel like this is going to be the year where they finally take that next step. And even though they've got that really tough division, I think they're going to make the playoffs and potentially make a run. Yeah, I was also going to like promote their offensive line. I just want to add that they also went out and drafted Zion Johnson at 17th. He should plug in immediately on the right side of their offensive line at that guard position um, to give Justin Herbert even more time for those you know, fourth and long com- conversions. But Justin Herbert is that guy. Austin Eckler is versatile if you've ever seen versatile. Yeah, it's just a matter of like when will it ever come f- together for the Chargers and this has got it. I think this has to be the year that it does. Like, I don't know what they're going to do if it's not. I mean, they went 9-8 and eight last year, choking games away that they should have won. They've got to nip that in the butt right now. Now, at number four, our uh, highest in the contender category, we've got the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who has a habit of winning 13 games in the regular season virtually every year, and then he won the Super Bowl once. <laughs> For all the talk about how he's like always the best, if not one of the best in the NFL and winning MVPs, which, don't get me wrong, he is, it doesn't exactly translate to like a bunch of Super Bowl victories or anything. So I feel like the contender category is right, and he will overcome... A variety of sins, unlike what we were saying about Matt Ryan. Now, the greatest of those sins is going to be not having Devontae Adams anymore. The ultimate safety valve is gone, uh, working against you now. Instead, you're going to be throwing to Randall Cobb, uh, Sammy Watkins. I mean, your running backs are still good. When I look at the Packers here, I'm like, Aaron Rodgers is so good that they can win literally every game, any game they play in. I just don't know that they will at the end of the day when it like really matters in the playoffs. I think they have the capability to do so because of their defense. I think Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Devontae Campbell, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, like all these guys are top tier talents. And I think their defense has the capability of being the best in the NFL. We'll see if that ends up coming true and if the offense is able to score enough. I think with Aaron Rodgers, it will. Uh, You mentioned Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb. Alan Lazard, their de facto number one receiver now, which is kind of crazy to say. And David Bakhtiari is going to be back. That is absolutely huge. He's one of the best in the league at, at his position. So we have the Packers at number four. It's just kind of hard to not have them this high, but I agree with you. I don't know if they'll win the Super Bowl this year necessarily, um, but 
defensively, they look amazing and they have Aaron Rodgers. So we know that they're going to at least dominate in the regular season. Now, moving on to our favorites tier, we've got three teams left. And this was kind of tough. This is a little bit different than what we've done in the past. We're putting the Rams at number three, who are coming off that Super Bowl victory. Here's the thing. It is very, very difficult to repeat as NFL champions. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, because I think the Rams have the talent to do so. They haven't lost too many pieces. They did lose Von Miller, who was great for them in the in the postseason. But overall, like this is a very similar team to what they had last year. Odell, we'll see if he ends up resigning or not. But I mean, Cooper Cup coming off of one of the greatest statistical seasons a receiver's ever had. Matthew Stafford showing everyone that it was Detroit and not him. Jalen Ramsey is still amazing. Aaron Donald still potentially just the best player in the league, bar none. I mean, this team showed exactly why they deserve to be a favorite last year. We just don't quite have them at number one uh, because we think there are a couple teams that might be a little bit better or at least history shows there are very few Super Bowl, like repeat Super Bowl champions. So it's kind of working against them in this case. Yeah, but if you're sitting at home going or in the car, you know, whatever, going less disrespectful, they are still in our Super Bowl favorites tier, which means we expect them to be fantastic among the best teams in the league, and they should be competing for the Super Bowl as well, if not in it, right below it. Uh, the addition of Bobby Wagner is huge for them. Like, if you're going to lose Von Miller, you may as well replace him with Bobby Wagner. Like, what a freaking way to do it. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about, because we have to defend the two teams that we put above the reigning Super Bowl champs, right? Well, I'm going to make the historical argument for number two, which was the Buccaneers. History tells us that Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl like every other year. And he's had a year off from it. So there you go. Uh, my argument is not just that the Bucks have Tom Brady. The argument is that the Bucks are still stacked. Like, sure, Chris Godwin is going to miss some time. It's not like they don't still have Mike Evans. Um, not to mention, they picked up Julio Jones, <laughs> like, just for kicks and giggles. Uh, they lose Gronk. They still have that really good offensive line. They still have playmakers at literally every position on defense. But at the end of the day, having the GOAT as your quarterback doesn't really hurt now, does it? No, I think the Buccaneers are going to continue to be one of the top teams in the league as long as they have him. And their their core has shown that they are, you know, they're they're battle-tested. Yes, they lost in the playoffs last year. Pretty early, but I think this season they have a really good chance to to make it all the way back to the Super Bowl. Um, Russell Gage had a, a pretty good season for the Falcons last year. They added him, the linebacker duo of Devin White and Levante David. I mean, it's just not really going to get much better than that at linebacker, especially in a 3-4. But yeah, the Buccaneers should still be very, very good. But 
that leaves us with only one team. This is the team that we think is the Super Bowl favorite for the 2022 season. It's the Buffalo Bills, who I think have a very compelling argument for the absolute best and deepest roster in the league to go along with a great coaching staff, a front office that has done an incredible job of piecing together this incredible and deep roster. And when it comes down to it, a guy in Josh Allen, who has continued to show why he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, he's improved every single year. I would expect him to do the same this year and be the MVP candidate, potentially even win MVP this year. They've got a stable of running backs that are all solid. Gabriel Davis showed out last season. He could be a breakout candidate this year, of course, along with Stephon Diggs. And then, I mean, defensively, Trey White, maybe he won't be ready to start the season, but he'll be back. That'll be a huge addition. They've got the best safety duo in the league, I think, with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. They're just deep and talented everywhere. I think this is the season where the Bills finally get back to the Super Bowl and even potentially win it. Um, I really don't see very many flaws at all with them. I think if any year is going to be the year, then this is going to be the year for for them to really take that next step. And hey, they won't be able to lose to the Chiefs in overtime again without getting to possess the ball because they changed the rule because, because of that game. So if we do end up seeing a Bills-Chiefs matchup, it doesn't come down to a coin toss. So I'm very excited to see the Bills this year. I think uh, they're going to be really fun to watch and their record is going to be uh, really high. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 14 wins. Yeah, that Bills-Chiefs game seemed like was going to be won by the winner of the coin toss. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes going toe-to-toe. Bills-Chiefs going toe-to-toe. Patrick Mahomes gets a ton of love for how amazing he is. And he's amazing. He spent his entire career on a better team than Josh Allen. And that's not that doesn't look to be the case this year. Or this is a chance for Josh Allen to show like how much separation is there between himself and Patrick Mahomes. Um is it that Mahomes is that much more amazing than Josh Allen or is it a matter of circumstance does the truth lie somewhere in the middle if he can come out looking like Patrick Mahomes usually looks on a successful team yes this is an MVP season for Josh Allen waiting to happen the addition of Von Miller to that defense is a phenomenal pickup for them uh, to bring some championship experience to that defense to a team that has not had championship aspirations in Oh my goodness, quite a while. Who would have guessed we would have made them number one on our tier list? It's the Bills. Yeah, I think Von Miller was the missing. That was that final piece where you get, obviously, he's a great player on the field. You get the pass rush. He he came alive in the playoffs for the Rams. But you get that, that off the field, the championship pedigree, like you said. He's won two Super Bowls now with two different teams. And we're saying he could potentially make it a third. So that is our tier list. Um, quickly, I'll run through our favorites and our contenders. And then Mike, if you'll do the hopefuls and the long shots, uh, our favorites, we've got bills at number one, then bucks and Rams. 
Then for the contenders, we have the Packers at four, then the Chargers, Chiefs, Bengals, and Colts. Then in the hopefuls, we have Broncos at nine, 49ers, Ravens, Titans, Raiders, Cowboys, Cardinals, Eagles, and Vikings. And then our long shots, we have Dolphins, Patriots, Steelers, Saints, and Browns at 22. So that is our 2022 preseason NFL tier list. As always, let us know your thoughts on social media. Did we disrespect your team? Are they not even your team, but you still feel like we disrespected them? Let us know. Did we do everything perfectly? Then definitely let us know on that one. Uh, We appreciate you listening. No other segments today uh, because we just, we went through all 32 teams. So, um, so yeah, so hope you enjoyed our deep dive. And I know that uh, both Mike and myself are really looking forward to the start of this new NFL season. And I hope that you are as well. If you're not, then I don't really know why you're still here listening to our tier list and run through all the teams, but Whoa, don't, don't discourage them from listening, man. <laughs> I'm I, if, if they just listen to this hour and 40 minutes of us going in depth on every team, then I think that they are interested. I mean, that's fair to assume whatever. Uh, and if you've made it this far, thank you. Go the extra mile. Uh, Give us that five-star review on whatever listening platform you're using. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike and Dave Pod, and give us all your positive feedback. I'm just assuming there's no negative feedback. How could there be? The epistemic truth is that we're always right. You know, this is common knowledge here on the Mike and Dave podcast. At least until we're proven wrong. So September 7th or September 8th or whenever the NFL season starts, that might be where it begins. But until then... We are 100% right in everything that we said. But regardless, thank you again for listening. We appreciate it. Until next time, this has been Mike. This has been Dave, and you've been listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. Hey.